On this week's episode, Batman captures the box office. The boys get diabolical. And is it time to get on deck with steam? All this and more as we once again delve into the pop culture cosmos. Welcome to the pop culture cosmos. And we're back with another episode of the Pop Culture Cosmos. This is Gerald Glassworth from Pop Culture Cosmos, Game Source, Inside Sports Fantasy Football, and the Lakers Fast Break. We truly appreciate everyone out there listening to all of our shows. And if you can, please give us a five-star review on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Plus, if you can like, share, subscribe, follow, or do anything that you get in sports right here at the Lakers Fast Break, Game Source, Inside Sports Fantasy Football, and of course, Pop Culture Cosmos and PopCultureCosmos.com, Humanican Media, plus all the great things that we do out there because we are the number one tabletop RPG streamer on Facebook, and in fact, we're doing so right now, so please go ahead and check out all of our social media because a great game is going on right now, plus everything that we do out there in the world of pop culture. We cover the latest news and trends of pop culture each and every day at Facebook, at Pop Culture Cosmos. And if you could support all of that, it is sincerely appreciated. But it wouldn't be a Pop Culture Cosmos without my good friend. He is our own Dragon Ball Z, if he could see, for Pop Culture Cosmos. You got to check out what he's doing today at popculturecosmos.com. Of course, his great shows, Topicocalypse, and the Super BS Gamescast, and everything that he does for Humanica Media. It is my good friend. It is Josh Peterson. What's up, man? What's up? What should I say? What can you see, man? What can I see? Everything's out of focus, a little blurry. Well, that actually probably works looking at me, because, you know, the blurrier, the better. I know, just not seeing that 4K vision going on here today. But speaking of which, man, I know everybody is looking at you like, hey, where's the glasses, man? What's up with that? Glasses are broken. Apparently, they can't withstand getting hit in the face. So, oh. yeah. So uh, that they're they're not here right now. I'm supposed to get them. Went to the eye doctor, got a, you know, whatever prescription. I'm supposed to get shift glasses next this week or next week. I don't know. We'll see if they come in. But. It's hard, man. I've been wanting to play video games and just can't do it. You know, I've been trying to play Horizon and trying to play some Elden Ring. Yeah, I got to like literally sit in front of the screen and like yes. squint at it. And it just it hurts. And I thought started thinking to myself, I'm like, I know you're jonesing for this, but uh, is it worth making your eyes worse over? It's so funny because you could say when you're trying to get up really close to the TV, it's like what your mom's, don't get too close to the TV mm-hmm. there, Josh. Exactly. So, you know, a funny story, though, like before I had glasses, I think it was back in like 2018 when I got glasses. And I remember sitting, no, it was 2016, but I remember sitting in front of the television, like thinking to myself, like, man, this is. This is weird because I don't remember having to sit this close to the TV to be able to see what's on there clearly. And then, you know, I went to the eye doctor and they're like, hey, you legally should not be driving without glasses. (laughs) Okay. Good to know. Good to know indeed. Yes. Uh, All right. Well, let me ask you this. Are you kind of driving now? 
Well, like during the day, like I went to the eye doctor and he's like, yeah, during the day you'll be all right. Just don't drive at night. So I was okay. like, all right, well, doctor said it's cool. So, all right, stay off the roads and stay off the roads at night. But until you get those glasses, we're going to be talking about some great things here on today's program. We're going to be talking about Diabolical from the boys, which is a animated anthology of nine episodes that came out recently. So we'll talk about that, that hit Amazon Prime over the weekend. We'll talk about our thoughts on that. Steam Deck, the Steam Deck, which just recently got released to some owners out there, some people who pre-ordered. It's not been released out every, it's like a gradual thing, but the first people who pre-ordered got their hands on the Steam Deck which I think is getting a lot of pub and a lot of press right now. The reviews are starting to go out. So Josh and I will comment if maybe a Steam Deck could be in your future going forward. So we'll talk about that coming up. Also wanted to mention that an I Am Legend sequel is announced. Is it necessary? We'll talk about Will Smith getting back into the roles that he made famous for I Am Legend coming up here in a bit. Plus also a major star that's joining up with him as well. Disney Plus is to add an ad or two to what's coming up for Disney Plus and giving people options as far as subscribing is concerned. So we'll talk about if that's a good idea or a not-so-good idea, piggybacking off of what I was talking about on the PCC Multiverse. So we'll talk about that. And Josh has some thoughts on an upcoming, possibly, new, maybe, Assassin's Creed. We'll talk about an Assassin's Creed, what he sees and what he would like to see coming up as well. But first, my friend, it is the Caped Crusader, Batman. He is vengeance, all right, because he doled out some big-time vengeance this past weekend. The box office earning $128.5 million here in the U.S. and just under $250 million worldwide. So it did exceed expectations. Your thoughts on hearing about all this? I mean, it's something that is going to be a big win for DC. It is already now the biggest domestic hit of the year. So I want to hear your thoughts so far on what you're hearing and seeing and what you want to think about when it comes to where the Batman lies in this new DC universe. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's interesting because people were seemingly burnt out on Batman after the whole like Justice League thing. And honestly, I, I'm at the point now where I'm blaming all of DC's, I guess, failures in the past on the Joss Whedon situation, as well as the Warner Brother execs getting too involved in things. But, you know, looking at this Batman, I guess, you know, people aren't as burnt out on him as I thought they were. Looking at all the reviews, like I've just I've seen Batman getting like solid tens, uh, nines from a few places, and just really, really positive word of mouth from people that I've talked to who have already seen it. I'm hoping to see it at some point in the near future, but I will admit that I am very optimistic about what this means. And you know, like we talked about last week, if this Batman is really that much of a hit are they going to do something with the flashpoint movie that helps incorporate this new batman into the main line of dceu films and that would contradict what director matt reeves has said that he wants as a vision for the batman which he wanted to keep it in its own environment and earth two per se environment as opposed to the earth that has the justice league and all that in fact 
we were mentioning it on the PC multiverse about how the Batman was supposed to be in a world with non-superheroes, I should say, as far as any heroes or villains within this environment of the Batman would be more normal human base, if that makes sense. Yes, but let me ask you this, though. Has this ever stopped Warner Brothers in the past? No, no, absolutely not. (laughs) And I fully expect what you're talking about as far as Flashpoint to just, oh, it's a mega hit? The Batman, Robert Pattinson, Mm -hmm. Mr. Broodman, he's supposed to be a hick now. So we're going to go ahead and integrate all that. And the Joker, you know, as far as that, that's even in a different timeline. I don't know if it's in the same timeline as the Batman or how that's supposed to work. I just know that he was meant to be spiritually in the, what, the late 70s, early 80s type feel. So how does that get incorporated? Because that was a billion dollar hit. So, you know, Flashpoint you know warner brothers and you know dc is very tempted to incorporate all this and shoehorn all this together i'm not sure if it's a great fit or what like marvel's going to be doing with their universe marvel everything seems to be more tied in together or the accessibility is more tied in together because they're all on a current time frame per se it's not done like any time decades in the past like seeing from the joker and although the batman actually has done more in a modern time like earth 2 now that i mentioned now that i see it because of all the modern technology that they still have it's just sort of rougher more rudimentary universe than what we're seeing with the justice league universe but i don't know my friend i think you and i have talked about this over the years when it comes to dc and you and i are still hopeful for that day like when we were kids and we watched the old saturday morning cartoons and we saw the hall of villains versus the mm-hmm. justice league I'm still hopeful for that day. I still think that's the greatest threat in the DC universe. That's the greatest advantage that they have as far as iconic villains and iconic heroes battling it out together instead of that one big, huge entity like Thanos-like entity like they can do in Marvel. Yes, they have Darkseid and that's great and all, but I really think the advantage for the DC universe is its characters, is its personality, and I'm hopeful that one day they will realize that and maybe a flashpoint could lead to something like that. Yeah, because and we're we're still facing the, the overall issue of them needing a new Batman, yeah. Ben Affleck's leaving. So unless I mean I In wouldn't the be Earth opposed, Earth One. Yeah. I wouldn't be opposed to like them somehow bringing Christian Bale back into the role because I know that was the original plan when it's gonna uh, take a lot of cash, I'm sure. Yeah, but I, I know when Nolan was on board as a producer on the Man of Steel, like the original plan was to have Christian, Christian Bale. Bale. Yes. Yeah, the original plan was to have Christian Bale be Batman in this. Or Gore this... the God Butcher. Yeah. What? Oh, yeah, that's right. That's right. Yes, because he's going to be that in Thor and Love and Thunder. Yeah, yeah. So I, I don't know. Anyways, uh, the, the DCU needs a new Batman. And if they don't do it now, I, I don't see them not doing it in the future because like you know like we discussed before they like anything that's going to be selling action figures or merchandise and what a perfect way to do it what a perfect way to do it and i get that i think the flashpoint will be an opportunity for them to retcon the entire dc universe and make it more fluid and make it more consistent because mm-hmm. it seems to be still, like if you put it on a whiteboard, like I always talk about in the Warner Brothers offices, I always talk about how do they see it 
you know, Marvel's is a clear timeline on their yeah. whiteboard in their office. And when it came to Warner Brothers, it was like, oh, it's here. And then we got here. And then we got here because some of it has been a real success, like with the Joker yeah. and now the Batman. And some of it hasn't been, you know, yeah. we've gotten mixed returns from the Justice League, the, the central part. Aquaman was a hit. The first Wonder Woman was a hit. I mean, it just mm -hmm. seems to be scattered all over the place. Shazam did not do as big a numbers as they would like, but they're still pursuing it with Shazam 2 and what you see with Black Adam. So I don't know. It just seems like to me that they have this opportunity to go ahead and try and smooth and even out this universe that's known as DC with now that the Batman is now becoming a, a nice integral part of this. But the thing is, how willing will Pattinson, will director Matt Reeves, will the creators of this universe and the creators of the Joker universe, how willing are they to go ahead and, and come into line or come into alignment with the rest of DC universe in a flashpoint? I mean, we will see the kind of pushback or non-pushback that they gave ultimately once we see the flashpoint come out. So Robert Pattinson, like I, I don't see him because he's he's an actor who enjoys the fans, right? In the same way that Andrew Garfield and Tobey Maguire do, like they, if the fans call for something, he'd be up for doing it. Matt Reeves is someone who, you know, he did direct all three Planet of the Apes films, but I don't foresee them keeping him around for more than two movies. So at that point, like, why does it matter what he wants? But then again, maybe they will keep them around but i think that what the studio wants the studio is going to get as we've seen in the past with the way that they have you know kind of sh shoehorned Zack snyder into other forms of what his original vision was and the whole thing with joss whedon and patty jenkins and all that like there has been a lot of talk of of the studio like the studio doesn't really seem to care what the creatives behind the film want you're listening to the pop culture cosmos don't touch that dial wait do, do people still use dials for the latest news and information, analysis and opinions on the Los Angeles Lakers and the NBA, check out the Lakers Fast Break podcast today on wherever you get your podcasts. Well, I, again, I don't personally vilify what DC and Warner Brothers is doing in, in their efforts later this year with Flashpoint to try and retcon a lot of stuff. Mm -hmm. and to try and evening things out you and i prefer a consistent through line as far Absolutely. as an overall narrative i mean if you're going to see all these dc movies you'd like it to mean something if i'm like in marvel i we've always talked about this when we've seen these marvel movies over the course of a decade now plus to me they all meant something because they all tie in somewhat to each other even mm -hmm. to this day, even in May, when we step into the world of Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, even in the slightest version with Morbius, which is a Sony picture, which still has small ties to the Marvel Cinematic Universe or Marvel Universe as a, you know, as even as a broad stroke there, it's still, you could tie that in somehow. And, it's, and it would seem very fresh and would seem very consistent with what they're doing as opposed to what I'm seeing with DC, where it's all over the place. So I'm, I'm hoping Flashpoint will correct a lot of these mistakes. But getting back to the Batman, for this, it's got to be a great success for Warner Brothers and DC. 
when we first heard that Robert Pattinson was going to play the Batman, we kind of were like, eh, really? Are you sure? Uh, I mean, Sparkles? I mean, the whole nine yards? Your thoughts now on seeing the Batman with Robert Pattinson going forward as the main Batman? I mean, yes, there still might be a need for a Batman in the regular DC universe, as it were. But right now, I foresee the Robert Pattinson becoming the lead Batman going forward. I so I never actually had an issue with Robert Pattinson playing the Batman. I was always I know a lot of people did. So I I, I didn't really like I saw the first Twilight movie, but I didn't really spend a lot of time in that world. I did really like his work with Harry Potter, but that's just because I'm a I'm a Harry Potter fan. So that being said, like I, I didn't go in with any reservations. You know, I saw the pictures of him with like the dark eye makeup on. I was like, oh, then maybe that might be a little over the top. But I wasn't I, I wasn't like questioning what his performance was going to be like, because he is a very broody actor. And uh, yeah, and this is a different interpretation of Bruce Wayne than what we have seen previously. Like they tried to kind of do it with Christian Bale in the uh, what was it, Batman Begins. Yeah, but. You know, when he has the uh, the gun and he goes to try to confront uh, Falcone, they're trying to make him like broody and angsty, but it didn't really feel right. From what I've seen of the, you know, in the trailers with the, the Batman and seeing Robert Pattinson, it feels right. Well, nobody broods better than him. He's yeah. had years of practice. Right. So it's just like it feels like it fits. And I am eager to see it play out in full, but... I feel like he is a definitely seems to be enjoying himself and the critics seem to be enjoying what he's doing. And, you know, like I said, word of mouth is that he is a very, uh, you know, he's good in this role. And that's kind of more than we have been given before. Like, I think Christian Bale was good, but he was he was a good Batman, but he wasn't a great Bruce Wayne. Ben Affleck was not good at either of them. So I think that Christian bit not Christian Bale, sorry, uh, Robert Pattinson. So you didn't like Ben Affleck as the Batman? I did not. I did. I didn't. No. I got a more favorable opinion of him. So I I don't I didn't dislike him, but he just like wasn't. I was never attached to him. You know, like Christian Bale, like he put so much of himself in that character, so you could feel it when he was on screen. Robert Pattinson, even in the trailers, you can feel that anger with with Ben Affleck. It just he was just he was just there. You know, it never there was not really a lot of emotional depth to what he was doing. And I think that that is really what kind of made that character not seem great to me. Well, maybe that will change with the Flashpoint, because even though it is his last performance with the Flashpoint, that Ben Affleck is has already gone on record saying that he's very proud of what he did on that movie, even though he's not in it a whole lot. So we'll see what happens with Ben Affleck and the Flashpoint but yeah everything seems to be a-okay right now for the Batman and Robert Pattinson because right now it's getting a lot of money it's a big hit out there in the box office earning just about 250 million dollars worldwide if you've checked out the Batman and you really like the Batman please let us know your thoughts or if you haven't if you thought that Robert Pattinson's version of the Batman is not your cup of tea. Please let us know. PopCultureCosmos at Yahoo.com. Well, before we hit the half hour break, my friend, I just wanted to go ahead and mention that Amazon Prime this past weekend 
had an offshoot, maybe a pet project, maybe a passion project, per se, of The Boys. One of our favorite shows on television every year that it comes out. We're big fans of The Boys. Well, this past weekend on Amazon Prime, Diabolical from The Boys debuted. It's a nine-episode anthology, animated, features around about, uh, about 12, 15 minutes each. They are done by a whole bunch of big A-list stars. In fact, some of them even wrote the stories that they were in, that they voiced. Stars like Don Cheadle, Aquafina. I mean, the list seems to go on and on and on. Seth Rogen, of course, since he's a major part of the boys, he's in more than one episode in it. Because I did get a chance to see it over the course of the weekend on Amazon Prime. They're varying loosely tied in to what's going on with the boys but they're they're self-contained stories but they've got this loose thread through them remember when the announcement the television announcement was made on the boys about the outing to the public about compound b Mm -hmm. yeah that's basically the tie-in for all these different stories these animated features so these would be like the equivalent of those one-shot comic books that Marvel always does. Pretty much, pretty much. Only one or two really have a you know a tie-in to a main character on the show. Most of them feature characters that are outside of the show, most of which I probably don't see a future for in the regular live-action series. I think that... They came up with this scenario. Hey, what if we did this? What if we did this? And then Amazon Prime says, oh, just attach the boy's name to it. Yeah, we'll go ahead and do it. <laughs> okay. The stories themselves, the each animated feature has a, a little slightly different animated style. Like, for instance, with Aquafina, that is a very anime, heavily influenced based cartoon. So, so is so this like... Is it's this got like a the- look that an anime. Now, some of the others are done in a different style. There's one that's done with a whole bunch of film grain that tries to look like an older, like Cuphead does, like an older Mm -hmm. cartoon. Then there's ones that look like a different style of cartoon that you see in modern eras. So each one has their own different style of cartoons. Not as diametrically opposed styles as what we saw from Star Wars Visions last year with those different styles of animes. But still, each one tries to do something a little bit different on the animated style. These stories themselves, again, they're they're about different people in society. Some, you know, most of them are normal people that suddenly get a hold for, through various means of compound V and what it does to them and the different kind of things that happen to them once they take the compound V. I will say that for the most part, some most of these stories are not very good. It doesn't hold the charm of what the live action series does in pretty much any of them. They're okay at best. It just seems to me like Seth Rogen and Evan Goldberg, who are the creators, so the guys that are driving forces behind the boys, they got a whole bunch of their A-list friends together and said, hey, you want to come up with some stories or you want to work on some stories? You want to do some voiceovers? Come on over. And it just seems like all these stories, again, they're loosely tied together, but it's just not what I was looking for or not what I was thinking. You know, because the What If series, you know, I was at first kind of apprehensive going into it the marvel series that's now available on disney plus 
but they're now doing things with the what if series that make more sense within the confines of the marvel cinematic universe that are even tying into the marvel cinematic universe with what we're seeing upcoming with doctor strange and multiverse of madness they could tie some of this into the boys but after you watch it i think you're really not going to care if they do yeah, so I, I feel like with, with the boys, just because of how drastically different the tone is from the MCU, like it's it's dark, but it's also like goofy and bloody and like not many of those characters really take themselves seriously. And that's what you have here. You have a lot of that going on here. Yeah, I, I feel like, you know, Eric Kripke, right? He's he's the guy that that is the creator of the show, isn't he? The ex-supernatural. Yeah, yeah. Because writer. I feel like what he's trying to do, and I don't know if he did the anime. Well, it's, it's all based off of that original comic book. Yeah, but I feel like what they're trying to do right now is they're world building. Like they're trying to create more lore to go along with the boys. And I'm sure they're going to end up referencing some of these cartoons in the next season. But it makes me wonder, like with an animated version, like what what's the next step? You know, because they, they already have their their real, not real life, their real time world or whatever. But are we going to start seeing like 12 episode animated offshoots of things, depending on how people react to some of these? Well, the thing is with Diabolical and the boys, and if you, again, if you check this out on Amazon prime, they're about 10 to 15 minutes long. There's about, again, nine episodes. You watch them. And in some cases you're like, why did I watch this? And cause they're not really that great. They, none of them really stand out as something like, wow, I couldn't have missed that. That was so awesome none of them really just gave me that impression uh, just thought they're okay at best on some occasions but some of them decided okay with the compound v what kind of adverse effect or what kind of superhero effect that's really out there because as you know in the world of boys if you take compound v you can have a superpower where you're flying or you're going ahead and you have super strength or whatnot but you can also have if you take compound v you can have a superpower that's totally abstract and, you know, you've seen some of the different kind of, I'll put in quotations, superpowers that the boys have given with some of these individuals, heroes or villains in there that you've seen. I don't want to mention some on camera because some of them are pretty <laughs> not so work friendly. I'll just say not <laughs> safe for work friendly about some of the superpowers that we've seen the boys. And the same thing goes along here. I think when one of the characters within one of these animated features takes compound b and for instance and gets a superpower that can control poop i think that uh, it goes beyond of what okay let's go ahead and figure out what kind of creative superpowers we can make and i think they just took this creative license and maybe made it too broad of a brush yeah that sometimes just because we can things we did yes yeah. absolutely it gives me that vibe on each and every one of the animated episodes that I saw. And I'm not sure if that's a great thing because again, that it's just the boys is so well done. The live action version of this is so well done. And then you get to see this and it just seems like it was just like, Hey, I want to get my friends together and see what we can do. Yeah. Yeah. And that, I mean, that's what I figured it would be in the first place because anything in the boys universe is going to be completely over the top so i wasn't really expecting much it's over the top i'll give yeah. it yeah yeah and and will i get around to checking this out i don't know maybe i still 
you know, the Amazon has done a pretty decent job with like their darker superhero offerings. You know, I did enjoy Invincible. Yes. This is also, I do want to mention, not only at times dark, it's sometimes it's light, but it's always gross. It's always violent. It's always stuff that you should not show the kids. I understand they're animated features, but there are things that are, you should not show the kids. It is totally yeah. TVMA. Oh, absolutely. Anything in the boys' world is, you know, I, I remember my wife sat down to watch an episode of the boys with me and this was like her first offering and it was the one where homelander like hits the deaf guy on the ears yes and she was just like this is not for me you know so like <laughs> in, anything that is in this universe is incredibly dark and incredibly violent and it does take a strong stomach to sit there and want to watch it to completion last thing i want to cover on the boys is the recent arrest in real life of Anthony Starr, who plays Homelander. What did he get arrested for? Allegedly assaulting a chef. So I think he's oh. under for assault. I don't know, battery, but uh, I know for assault. Knowing this, do you think that the boys really has a reputation for, and this is just me asking, you know, a, not a rhetorical question, but just asking your opinion on this. Do you think that the boys has a reputation that is that important that they wouldn't give this guy his job back? I think that it, depending on what comes out of this, that could be a possibility because even though it's a violent show, it's a show that has a lot of questionable things that goes on within this realm that we see now extended even in the animated series. I really think that still it's got to be some point of time where you got to say, okay, he stepped over the line in real life. We can't bring him back. I think that this will probably still allow him to go ahead, uh, even though he did this. I think he'll still be invited back into the realm of the boys to finish up whatever work he needs to do and continue on. But this really doesn't make things better. It's something like, okay, the boys has become a massive hit on Amazon Prime and your lead star does something like this. Punching out a chef in Spain is not exactly a good look in real life. Oh, no, I absolutely agree. Well, our thoughts right there we have so far on Diabolical from the boys, which is very diabolical. Is it worth your time? I'm not sure. Check one out because, again, even though they're different parts of this boys universe and they're different stories within the boys universe, if you see the first one, you're going to get the gist of exactly the rest of them. So if you have any thoughts on Diabolical from the boys, please let us know. PopCultureCosmos at Yahoo.com. And if you're ready to talk toys, I haven't stopped talking toys. Let's get to it. It's the Jay and Rob Toy Show, and we're back for season two for 10 more episodes of Toy Talking Goodness. And this time, we talk Marvel figures, we talk DC figures, Holy Grails, playsets, what-if scenarios, and so much more. But we're not alone. We've brought a few friends with us this time. All that, and of course, our action figure spotlight. So check out the Jay and Rob Toy Show season two, exclusively on Jinx Esports TV, Canada. Well, my friend, there's still much more to talk about on the back half of the show. Once again, it's Josh Peterson and me, Gerald Glassford from the Pop Culture Cosmos. I want to thank you so much for listening as we are broadcasted around the world each and every day of the week on radio stations worldwide. And we cannot thank you enough for doing so. Big shout out to all of our radio stations, plus also as well, wherever you hear us on podcast outlets, everywhere you can go ahead and get podcasts. Just want to make a mention again, we are the number one tabletop RPG streamer on Facebook. We've got great games going on, including right now on YouTube, Twitch, and Facebook at Pop Culture Cosmos. 
Plus also, dozens and dozens and dozens of tabletop RPG streams are waiting for you at Facebook on Pop Culture Cosmos. And also as well, check out the latest news and trends of pop culture each and every day at Pop Culture Cosmos on Facebook as well. But my friend, there's so much more to talk about on today's episode. By chance, knowing you who had to get the PlayStation 5 and also as well the Xbox Series X early, you had to do anything that you could to get it, is the Steam Deck, which has just started rolling out to individuals and consumers out there who pre-ordered it, is the Steam Deck the powerful handheld PC gaming device is that of interest to you because it, it comes at a, a little bit of a high price, at least for the, the high-end unit. There's three different units, but people are, are pointing towards the high-end unit right around $700. When that becomes more available, is this going to be a Josh thing that he wants to go ahead and play and use? Yeah, that's a good question. Uh, once he gets glasses? Once he get glasses, yeah. I know Brank or Brian from Super BS. He got one. He hasn't. I mean, he hasn't physically have it yet, but he was one of the lucky ones to get the pre-orders on that. And I was thinking about it, like, and he keeps asking if I'm going to get which, which version. He got the not the high end one, but the one beneath that. Okay, it's more gig, RAM, more gigs, hard drive space. Yeah, I think he got the eight gig or whatever one is beneath the the top tier one. Okay. You know, and I keep thinking about this, and I remember a while back when, like, the Switch came out. Like, everybody's really high on this idea where, like, oh, yeah, I can play this on the go. go. I'm going to spend so much time playing this. And now my – and I thought the same thing. And now my Switch just sits at home collecting dust. Where does my daughter play it most? Right on the couch. Right, right. And so knowing – I mean, my kids use it to watch Pokemon all day, every day. (laughs) So knowing this – yeah, it's a it's a very cool device, but ultimately, like, what am I gonna do with it? You know, like, I'm not much of like a PC gamer. You know, I have a laptop that'll play PC games, and I've been trying out of taking a walk with a few of them, but I just I don't see me wanting to play anything on the go. If it, a handheld PlayStation or Xbox came out, I don't even know if I would care to like do that because a majority of my video game time is what I use to relax, and it happens like thirty to forty five minutes at night now as opposed to taking long car trips because usually when i'm driving taking long car trips i'm driving point being like it's just i don't see it being of any use to me i think it's a really cool thing it's a really cool idea and a lot of people will buy it me personally it's not something that i think i'm going to invest in unless it's at a price point where i'm like okay and i'm going to end up using this at some point but looking at it you know i'm I'm seeing it's probably going to be a long time because you go on ebay and people are still scalping pre-orders so i I think it's going to be a long long time before this is readily available but do you really need it that's the thing like you said so many people right now over 100 million people have the nintendo switch how many people play the nintendo switch on the go like it was meant to do you just play it at home people don't even hook it up to the tv all that much no or at least as much as they used to they just sit like my daughter does she just sits on the couch and plays it and and she has a great time with it she's playing whatever version of Pokemon comes out that she feels like playing. And I know that Violet is coming out and all that later this year. And we'll talk about that as it gets closer to the release. But I just think right now when it comes down to it, it's just something, do you really need it? Or is it it a nice new shiny toy for you to have? It's just a nice new shiny toy. I mean, you know, you look at some of these gaming PCs out there. Does anybody really need 
you know, to spend $5,000 on a gaming PC. No, probably not. People just like to have it so they can say, oh, yeah, I got the latest 3090 TX graphics card. And Henry uh, Cowell. Yeah, right. So I don't think people, when it comes to gaming, people necessarily need a lot of this high-end stuff, but they want to have it, if not for the right to brag about it, but just for the sake of having it. Yeah. And you know, celebrities are case in point, right? They go out and buy these, they get copies of these PlayStations and Xboxes without really having to struggle for them and they don't touch them ever. You know, there's there's a lot of them who aren't gamers, so they just boast about having them. So it's does anyone really need this? I don't I don't think so. I'm actually I take that back. I, it's a great device for like kids, you know, people in high school and middle school who like to play PC games on you know, and they go on like road trips. So I, I think it'll have a niche for sure. I think it's one of those things where, and correct me if you think I'm wrong about this, but it's just going to be one of those things where it's having it for the sake of having it. I agree with you 100%. Now you said Brank has like the middle tier one because there's three different versions of this. Yeah, he yeah. He, he has the middle tier. He doesn't have the what, one. The... Well, what prompted him to get that one? Because if I'm going to go ahead and invest money into it. Yeah. And knowing PC games the way I do, and that knowing most of them try to push, at least the the AAA ones that come out, try to push whatever device is being put on it, pushing the limits of what it can do. I would get the high-end one, because I know the high-end one is still like a mid-tier, regular desktop computer at best when it Mm -hmm. runs these games. So what prompted him to only get the mid-tier version, as opposed to, say, something like the higher-end version, per se? It was all that was available. Like, I remember when those pre-orders released. See, that sounds like, okay, he had to have it just to have it. Yeah. When the pre-orders dropped, like, everyone was scrambling just to get whatever they could because, you know, we've created this pirate market. (laughs) You know, it's people will buy whatever they can to sell online at a profit. I don't think he's going to sell his, but because he genuinely, you know, likes games and wants to play them. But I think that he was just really trying to get his hands on whatever he could let me ask you this for him it is upgradable i mean he could go ahead and add storage space to it he may be able to go ahead and add some ram to it but that seems like already you're it's that's that comes out of cost that maybe yeah. i don't know i mean it just seems like from what you're describing to me and i only know brank a little bit i don't know him as many of the years as you obviously have when you were talking to him about that did it come off to you it's just like he doesn't really need it he just had to have it just to have it yeah, I mean, Brank is definitely like that. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, he's he's someone who genuinely likes video games, though. So I think more. Than oh, no doubt. No doubt about that. Yeah. But more than being part of the conversation, like he's just he's been stocking up on Steam games ever since his pre-order was confirmed. So is he going to spend much time playing this? Probably not. But I think he is going to have that experience for a couple of weeks at least. And then, you know, we'll see what happens after that. Cause he was really, I don't know if you remember, but he was really stoked about the switch. He's like, I just want more games to come out on the switch so I can play it on the go. And now yeah. he doesn't really touch his switch that often. Will that be the same for the steam deck five years down the line? We'll see. We'll see what happens. And that's another yeah. thing. You're going to have to constantly upgrade it just like you do your PCs and whatnot. And it's going to be harder and more expensive to do so upgrading that steam deck because as games start pushing and testing the limits of what we can do it's going to require more and more and more as far as from your computer in order to play these games it's going to be hard for the steam deck to keep up don't you think 
Yeah. So, it make, you know, and it makes me wonder, like, how customizable is it going to be? Like, are you going to be able to replace parts on it? Or are you going to have to send it to Steam or are you going to have to buy another one? One thing I will give Valve and Steam and with what they're doing with this is the fact that they are willing to work with other companies, whereas Sony kind of like says, no, this is ours and we're not. Well, that, let the talk is there. about them trying to work out something with Xbox. I know Gabe yeah, Newell. Get- the guy behind Valve has said he really wants to go ahead and get the Xbox Games Pass on that Steam Deck, which would be a great thing for the Steam Deck. Right. And that partnership, I could see being something that does sell Steam Decks. Oh, yeah. Because they have that cloud thing that you can play games on your phone. And I'm sure there are a lot of people out there that are like me that don't like to play mobile games because there's no sense of like controller with that. Mm. So if there's an actual thing where I could hold something in my hands with joysticks and buttons that might change my tune about wanting to get this thing or not well xbox games pass that's the ultimate goal by phil spencer is to put it on something like a steam deck your cell phone tvs just mm-hmm. basically anything that you can go ahead any type of medium that he can actually transport it to i was gonna say do you see amazon's getting involved in the gaming market now the luma yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's been something for a little while as far as in development, uh, something that has been a little bit under the radar. I mean, that's not unexpected. I mean, after we saw what Google tried to do with Stadia, and now that it's in it, the current state that it's in after so many losses, and it, it, you know, it's barely there. Uh, Netflix, you see what they're trying to do as far as getting into the gaming space. I mean, they're acquiring little by little as far as into the gaming space, and they want more of their properties turned into some type of gaming platform for yeah. each of their, you know, Stranger Things and, you know, all the different properties that they have. They eventually foresee a future where they become a big player. And of course, Tencent, you know, to a Tencent's always lurking around somewhere as far as because they're the they're, they're one of the big players on the market. People forget how big Tencent really is in the marketplace, mm-hmm. but they are one of the biggest entities out there. They're acquiring development studios and publishers all the time on their own. You know what's weird about that is the gaming time in China is so limited. So how do they really, I guess like international sales, they probably get quite a bit. But for a Chinese company making games that domestically can only be played three hours a a day, if, if that, like it's ironic, I guess. I don't know. It just, it seems weird to me. So I guess like they would have to thrive on the international market, but also like China, it's weird that China's doing that because a lot of their economy relies on tech companies like Tencent. So it's, I don't know, it's an interesting dichotomy. Yes. It's a very interesting dichotomy on the amount that they can play versus what they want to go ahead and produce. Yes. I agree with you there, but it's a very interesting thing overall when it comes to this marketplace right now, it's very interesting to see how it's developing and we'll continue to report on it right here at the pop culture cosmos, but the steam deck is being sent out now to some customers that have already pre-ordered it. They're going to be getting it little by little over the course of the next couple months. But if you have thoughts out there on the steam deck, please let us know popculturecosmos at yahoo.com. If you've got a version of the Steam Deck or if you're interested down the line when it becomes more available, I think that'll probably be the same time that Xbox Series X and also the PlayStation 5 will become more available, which will be down the road a little bit. But if you have any thoughts on the Steam Deck, please let us know. Popculturecosmos at yahoo.com. You're listening to the Pop Culture Cosmos. 
If you're in the Las Vegas and Henderson areas and are looking to buy, sell, or trade the best in classic or current video games and pop culture collectibles, there's no better place to go than Retro City Games. From Xbox to PlayStation, Nintendo to Atari, the great crew at Retro City Games provides the best place to go for all your gaming options. Stop by their two awesome locations in Henderson and also the Las Vegas Strip, or follow Retro City Games on Facebook and Instagram for all the latest deals and new items. Without a doubt, there's no better place to go for your gaming needs than your friends at Retro City Games. My friend, before we head on out, a couple last notes. I Am Legend, the sequel, has now been announced with Will Smith reprising some role within this universe. With Michael B. Jordan has now attached to the project as well. But the question that's been out there and actually was posed when I posted it, that somebody pointed out that didn't Will Smith die in I Am Legend? So will he come back in the sequel as a zombie himself? <laughs> oh, man. I Am Legend is like probably one of my least favorite movies. And it has nothing to do with you know will smith or the story i thought i mean it was a decent story they just that dog man killing the dog really i know it ended any chance that that movie had to like grab hold of me so that being said uh, am i excited for an i am legend 2 no not really do i need but didn't it he die in he i did. am legend i don't didn't think he sacrifice so. himself oh i don't know i don't remember he did he didn't make it i think it's probably left up to your interpretation on it I don't yeah. remember because I remember the dog died and he was getting attacked. After that, everything else people. is just a blur for you. Yeah, yeah. So but I don't. He saved the the mother and the child, but he oh, didn't exactly get to the safe land himself. Right. So it's, I think it's left up to your interpretations on what his ultimate future his... was. Yeah. So I mean, am I excited? No, not really. Am I going to watch it? I don't know. Maybe it's knowing them, they'll probably kill like three dogs in this one, and then yeah. I will really wait for a Josh rant then. I know. I like Michael B. Jordan, though, so I might sit down and check it out. But what are your thoughts on the I Am Legend sequel? Is it something you might be interested in? Is it something that you're going to try and figure out what's going on with the continuity of it all, with Will Smith's character? But please let us know if you're interested in an I Am Legend sequel to Pop Culture Cosmos at Yahoo.com. Before we hit Disney+, Plus, Assassin's Creed, I know that this long-running series is one of the foundational pieces now for Ubisoft, which has gotten mixed results with a lot of their other properties over the past few years, including Assassin's Creed over the past decade. But your thoughts on the future of Assassin's Creed, because I know you wanted to talk about that before we head on out. Yeah, I mean, I I guess like I I was reading that they were going to do an expansion to Valhalla starring Basim, and if you... You know, I'm not going to spoil Valhalla if you still haven't played it yet, but there's, you know, Basim was one of the main characters, turns out to be one of the old ones. But they were going to do an expansion featuring his character, and then they were like, oh, hey, this is going to be too big, so let's just make it into a new game, which is fine. You know, I don't didn't dislike Basim. I really enjoyed Valhalla probably more than most of the others, despite, like, the incredibly annoying glitches where i would lose eight hours of gameplay but yeah but you know that that being said like once upon a time you know they were annual releases it seems like to me they're going back to like let's not make numbered entries we're just going to do spin-offs 
Origins, Odyssey, Valhalla, they haven't done, you know, a numbered entry in a while, but with Assassin's Creed 2, remember they had those like three sequels to it that weren't numbered entries. They were just like very, very large expansions. And so this this is what my question, do you think that they're going to go back now, but that they have all this extra content, they're just going to keep going back to doing what they were doing before and hope that it has different results. I guess madness would be the word for that. I'll answer it saying that I think that is very tempting to go ahead and just build off of what you've done previously. And that's what I want to go ahead and ask you, because I think they probably will. So which universe would you like them to go ahead and revisit or expand upon? I've got one in mind because I'm not the Assassin's Creed expert like you. I've only sparingly played it over the course of the past decade plus of games. But to me, if there's any environment I would go back to in the Assassin's Creed universe, I would say it's Black Flag. I enjoyed the ship battles at that point in time, even though, again, it's rudimentary to what you could do now these days. But Hmm. I would love to see them expand upon that world as far as the pirates and treasures and things of that nature. So that's the world I would love to see them expand upon. I know that they're going to expand upon a lot of these universes because, you know, that's what these companies do they try to go ahead and expand on it once you run out of original ideas but they mm-hmm. never really had a multiplayer environment that has really been immersive that people have really gotten behind so i'd like Agreed. to see them challenge themselves to do yeah. that they tried that remember with unity and that was they just, tried. You know, that was a hot mess <laughs> yes so that's what i'm saying they've really never done a great job of building a multiplayer platform i think that's what they can do Try to combine some of these elements from the different universes that they've already created within the realm of Assassin's Creed and try to sprinkle them in. I mean, you have a multiplayer game waiting for you there if you could just figure out some of the parameters on it. But Mm -hmm. I mean, just imagine what you could do as far as going from an Odyssey platform to a Black Flag platform, maybe different type of maps. Just you have all this universe now that you've created within the confines of Assassin's Creed, now's the time to build upon that. So I think that's really should be their next step is building a multiplayer experience worth playing. Yeah. Outside of just the rudimentary, like you said, two to 300 hours of Assassin's Creed over and over and over again. And then you wonder mm-hmm. why you did. Yeah, I agree. And they also, you know, we Assassin's Creed and Watchdog have been confirmed as existing in the same universe. So you have two series that are growing stagnant. So why not push things together a little bit and create a multi-layered storyline that could bring in, you know, kind of revive interest in both series at once. There you go. Absolutely. Some great thoughts right there. But if you have thoughts on how to expand the Assassin's Creed universe, because we're starting to hear rumblings of a new Assassin's Creed version or something within the realm of the Assassin's Creed universe. We're starting to hear some rumblings, starting to hear some rumors, things of that nature. Nothing definite as of yet, but if it does, we'll go ahead and report it at the Pop Culture Cosmos and our good friends at the video game site that we also still run, Game Source. So if you can, go ahead and check those out constantly for updates. But if you have thoughts on the future of what the Assassin's Creed universe could be or should be, please let us know. Pop culture cosmos at yahoo.com.
Well, my friend, before we head on out, one last thing, Disney Plus. I know we talked about it on the PCC Multiverse. It's great. They, they keep in the conversation when they have currently not really releasing things that's out there that's really grabbing anybody's attention. Not until later this week, but Turning Red, which I'm looking forward to from Pixar. And then obviously the week after that, the Netflix Marvel shows, they finally drop on Disney Plus, which again was a surprise, which you called. And I said that on the PCC Multiverse that you called it, heads up to you on that. But they kind of did a workaround putting a parental control filter that mm-hmm. will be a software update, which is something I did not know or was not privy to. But now seeing yeah. how that's worked out, I'm thinking that going forward, this is going to be step one and maybe an acquisition in whole of Hulu and, and putting it within that's... the confines. That's what I was thinking, because now we don't have to have these talks about not us, but I mean, just oh, this is not Disney. This is not companies in general. Yeah, don't have to mature. Can't put conversations. They can throw the locks on there. I mean, I'm sure kids will figure out how to get around them eventually. But this solves that problem of like, hey, we have a Marvel property that clearly should be with the Marvel stuff, but we don't really have anywhere else to put it. Yeah, because it's too adult. So let's throw it on Hulu. I think. I mean, because like Modoc, Modoc came out on Hulu, and it came out to Whispers. It's actually, yeah. from what I hear, a good show. But it came yeah. out on Hulu, which only has a forty-five million subscriber base, and it came out to Whispers, where it could have found more success on Disney Plus. Yeah, well, it's like what Cloak and Dagger, and there's yeah. the Runaways or whatever. Like those are all part of the marvel canon that can be thrown you know now into agents of shield will be hit to shield yeah yeah and i mean and with moon knight coming out and them that's going to be behind the lock also because it's supposed to be a very violent show it just it's only a matter of time now before we see deadpool pop up on there and that's i think what everybody's been waiting for and we also got word this past week that universal is pulling its stuff out of hulu so by the end of the mm-hmm. year, you will no longer have universal shows. Like, for instance, Saturday Night Live replays. That will no yeah. longer be on Hulu by the end of the year. That will be on their own platform, which, as you know, is almost like a laughingstock with us here at the show, Peacock, which yeah. has really done a horrible job of getting new content and a lot of content in. So I think that's something that they sorely need on that platform. But this leads me to the latest news before we head on out that Disney Plus is now in the future going to add a cheaper ad supported tier program to its already existing tier which is of course you know you pay all one price and you get no ads as far as your disney plus experience is concerned they're now adding an ad infused experience to that good move bad move way to get in more subscribers what are your thoughts on this I feel like Disney is already like the cheapest option out there and because you're paying 12 bucks and you get hulu and you get espn plus which has been like a you know a godsend for me because I like to watch hockey. So I, I feel like with twelve bucks compared to like the twenty I pay for Netflix or the fifteen dollars for HBO Max, like this is already a great deal. So how much cheaper can they go? Like are they gonna make like a four ninety nine option where you get ads and at that point, like why even bother? You know, like you pay the monthly fee on that, you might as well just go out and buy like the DVD or Blu-ray set of the things that you are wanting to watch. Should there be a fear though of diluting it? Like we've seen with Peacock because Peacock came out with this free and then they had some ad supported. Then you got another tier and I think you got three or four tiers. Uh, you know, it just seemed to confuse audiences and the mm-hmm. fact that they don't have as much content that people were just are gravitating towards you kind of hurt them as well. And I think that, 
bringing that out the way they did kind of hurt them as far as getting paid subscribers to their base, which ultimately what keeps them afloat because there's so many free subscribers getting an amount of content that they really don't need to upgrade. I think that in this sense with Disney plus, this is just all about trying to hit the big 200. This is all oh. from 130 to 200 oh, as far absolutely. as million subscribers. So, absolutely. And what I'm seeing that's going to take place here is like, remember who back in the days Hulu had one commercial and yeah. they had two commercials. Now there's like four commercial breaks and each of those has four commercials. So, it's this is what I'm seeing Disney start to do. You know, if you're not paying that, that subscription fee, they're going to make it so you have to you're like you're gonna get so annoyed with the ads you're like oh fine i'll pay you that 12 dollars a month for crying out loud that's where i see this going i see it going that way as well because they are going to eventually raise the prices i think that's inevitability when I mean, we see it from netflix we've seen it from other already existing streaming platforms and i see ultimately that disney plus will have to go that route but in exchange disney plus has to provide continual fresh content i understand they have a great library I understand, as I argue that with Melinda all the time, as she sees the Emperor's new groove for the 50th time. I understand that. But for me, it's all about fresh content. What have you done for me lately? And mm -hmm. after the Book of Boba Fett left, and you've had this big gap of content that's not coming out, while you see Netflix just bring out more and more and more and more and more. At the end of this weekend, they bring out The Atom Project and more and more and more and more. And Amazon Prime started to bring out some stuff like they brought Reacher and Vox Machina. And now they brought Diabolical and they brought Mrs. Maisel. You know, they've got now a steady stream of content. You've got to keep up with them. Yeah. And in order to do so, you got to do that. And this period of time where there's like not a whole lot going on at Disney Plus, I think this has taught them a lesson not to do that again. Yeah. And Disney Plus does this thing too, where like they'll put things out without even like marketing them or really even telling people that they're yeah. there. You know, I was browsing through there and they had the Wonder Years remake and I was like, oh, didn't even know that was a thing. You know, like that probably would be something that might be cool to watch, but I didn't even know about it. So now I don't know if I'm going to spend any time with it. It would be nice, absolutely, to make sure that they've got everything over or at least brought out in a certain fashion so that you know, because Netflix does a great job of letting you know that they've got a lot of stuff thrown at you, but they also let you know that it's there. And that's something that I don't think that Disney Plus has a, quite a grasp on yet, unless it's a Marvel and Star Wars property that, you know, they've got all this great stuff from National Geographic that they just overlook and gloss over because they don't yeah. think anybody's going to watch it, which I think is disappointing. But Disney Plus is starting to learn. Disney Plus is starting to go ahead and reach out and start to do different things. The parental filter is a great move, and I really support that. They also are going to go ahead and bring out an ad-supported tier this year. So please share us your thoughts as we head on out. Let us know if the ad-supported tier, which is coming up later this year from Disney Plus, is something you might be interested in, or are you just going to go ahead and pay the extra and just not worry about the ads? Please let us know, popculturecosmos at yahoo.com, and let us know if this will bring in you, if it hasn't already, bring you in as a subscriber to Disney Plus. Well, my friend, it's been a great episode. We had a lot to chat about on today's program, but any last thoughts before we head on out? That'll do it, man. I think we covered quite a bit of things. Hopefully you'll be able to see sometime soon. 
yeah i hope i mean that's the goal right <laughs> blindness is not fun especially since my other yes. sites had not been heightened in reaction you, daredevil you are not no so i'm not out fighting crime if that's what anyone's wondering well i hope you do get your glasses back my friend real soon that you're able to go ahead and stream cyberpunk 2077 and you just told me you will go ahead and take on elix 2 the world of elix 2 from thq nordic you and i have got to have a conversation about thq nordic a publisher that i think should do more in this world but again that's a conversation for some time down the road for us and thq nordic hopefully when you put up some footage of elix 2 we can go ahead and evolve on that as well yeah it sounds good to me so for josh peterson this is gerald glassford it's another beautiful name paradise right here in the pop culture cosmos we thank you for listening and here's hoping you have yourself a great